Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and today you're going to hear from Woody Dansler on our podcast. Woody played college football for the Clemson Tigers. He played professional football. He's now in the business world. He's a mentor pouring into to young men in the schools. He's a husband. He's a dad. But most of all, he's a man that loves Jesus and loves to tell others about Jesus. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Mr. Dantzler. It's an honor, sir. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Thank you. Uh, I always like to start these off just with some background information. So if you don't mind, you know, for that listener that may not know a lot about you and your background, tell us a little bit about where you're from, maybe about your family growing up, and a little bit about your family uh, today. Okay, I'll give you, I'll see if I can get you the Cliff Notes version. Uh, <laughs> Woodrow Dantzler III is my name. Most know me as Woody Dantzler. I was born and raised in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Uh, got introduced early to sports through martial arts. So that's where I got my start. And from there, that progressed into football and track. I uh, grew up in a household with my mom, my dad, and my two older sisters. So um, it was great. And come to find out, I had another sister, and I have two other brothers as well. So it's uh, a neat little family. Got into, after, after, after martial arts, got introduced to football. It's kind of where most people know me from. Uh, play ball at Orangeburg Wilkinson High School. And then from there, got a scholarship to play ball at Clemson. Played there for a little while. Spent some time in the league. But um, now I'm just a, a family man with a, wearing a lot of hats. So I guess we'll get into more specifics, but that's kind of where I've settled in the upstate of South Carolina. I've had the privilege of traveling the world a little bit, so got exposed to some things. But I think the biggest thing that I was exposed to in 1999 was the true person of Jesus Christ. So uh, mm. that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> so kind of walk, yeah, kind of give us a, that. That was actually my could be my next question about you know what point did you realize you need that personal relationship with Jesus? So what is it? What did what did it look like in 1999? So this is what it looked like. It looked like um, about a 6'2", 200 and i say 75-pound man who came to us through some uncertain times. So this is what happened. I love telling this story. Um, growing up, you know, I went to church mm-hmm. all the time. You know, back that's back then when they didn't try to entertain you. You know, you go to church. Mm-hmm. There wasn't no kids' church. You sit down in church with your mom and and dad and whatnot, and they give you a peppermint, tell you to be quiet and sit still till it's time to go. You know, that was church. I was in church, vacation Bible school, got baptized and all the whole nine. However, you know, there's, there's something that was just kind of interesting about that, you know. So fast forward from that experience, religious experience, I'll call it that, mm-hmm. growing up, I always knew God. I knew of God. I've heard about Jesus. I professed Jesus. Like I said, I got baptized. But then it was just something happened once I got to college. I've always been a good kid, never in trouble with the law, listened to my parents, did what they told me, you know, outside of the normal kid stuff. I was, quote unquote, a good kid. Mm-hmm. However, 1999 came about and it was just something that I was missing. Uh, I asked God, just pray that little simple prayer. You know, God, if you're real, if you're truly real, I need a sign. At this time, um, the next day we find out that Tommy West, who's the coach that brought me in, was... Uh, going to be released of his duties as head coach so now me being naive to the whole 
scholarship football thing. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep my scholarship. I have to go back home. I don't have money to pay for school. So it's, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm up in the air and I'm concerned and I'm a little frightened. So I said, God, this is your son and this is who you are. Then I don't know if I want anything to do with you, but that turned out to be the best thing to happen because when Coach West left, Coach Bowden came in. And along with Coach Bowden came a man by the name of Darren Bruce. And for the first time, I heard the gospel truest form. And it was, do this, you go to heaven. Do this, you go to hell. Without Jesus, you won't make it. And it was like that first Bible study, I felt worse than, you know, the first week of three days. At that moment, uh, I committed my life to Christ for real. And I would have been, uh, I'm a, I'm a, you know, people, most people put their, um, Close on, you know, one leg at a time. When I'm getting into something, when I'm convinced of something, I'm two feet in. So I jump both feet into my pants, and I've been walking with Christ ever since. That's awesome. I, lo- I love that story. And it's just, you know, so many people have similar stories of growing up, like you said, quote, unquote, religious, going to church. But, you know, a lot of times it is once we're on our own outside the house that we we realize that, you know, it's a, we need that personal relationship. It's not just going to church or whatever the, the religious experience may be. I love, I love that story and especially tied to, to, uh, to football. And um, I'm a big fan of, of coach Tommy Bowden. I actually had a chance to meet him four or five years ago. He spoke at an event for us and just, I don't know. I just, I, I, I love, I love his passion for Christ and how he and his, his family use football um, really as as a platform to to introduce guys like you to to Jesus, and it wasn't just wins and losses, although those are important. That's good. So, um, and we'll get back to to that in a minute. I, was, I do want to talk about your time at Clemson for a moment. You, I mean, you gave a glimpse of it from the spiritual side, but how you know was Clemson your top choice? I mean, how, how did you end up at Clemson? Why Clemson? Clemson, I ended up there because of a man by the name of Rick Stockfield. I've necess- I wasn't really a sports fan, still not really a big sports fan. Like I'm not following sports. I don't have a team. I'm not sitting in front of the TV watching football or whatever on Sundays or Thursdays or Mondays, whatever it's taking place. That's never been me. Honestly, growing up, I didn't know anything about a Clemson or Carolina. The only colleges I knew about really was South Carolina State and Clapham University because those were in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a scholarship to play football, that was never on my radar. I enjoyed playing football. I enjoyed playing with my friends. For me, it's, it was a game, and I just enjoyed playing it, and, you know, that's one of those things. And my high school coach, letters were coming, but he never released those to us until our senior year. Recruiting isn't like it is now. I mean, it's mm-hmm. bananas. You guys just saw an article about a seventh grader getting the offer from colleges, which is absolutely bananas. The recruiting trail wasn't what it has been. What it, it was like I say, I got those letters and it wasn't really offer letters. It was just, uh, what you call it? Questionnaires. They want you to fill out your information so they can contact you. So fast forward, didn't really have a school, still didn't have a school. I remember Phil Cornblue calling me all the time. What's your top five? I don't have a top five, you know, but when it came down to it, I trusted Rick Stockstill. He was genuine. He was lovable. And, I chose Clemson because of Rick Stockstill. Well, enjoy quite quite the career at Clemson. And, I mean, I know your name is still still very popular in the Clemson circles, even though it was just a few years ago. 
you, you know, you also got a yeah, just just a few. Uh, <laughs> you did get a chance to play post post college, so you know, I mean, every everybody's dream, you know, after a successful college careers, NFL draft, you want to hear your name called. Um, talk about you know what it was like for you to go through the draft and you know seven rounds. Your name is not called, but you get a phone call. Um, I think it was the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so, I mean, just kind of walk through the whole NFL process and, you know, what it's like being undrafted and, you know, any impact on, on you, like from a, from an identity or, or personal standpoint. So for me, that wasn't a hard thing at all, because remember the NFL came after 99. So that's post 99 post committed to Christ and all in. So my identity was there. And again, mm-hmm. I never found my identity in sports. It was something I did. It wasn't who I was. And awesome. one thing I did with football, especially after 99 was, uh, I glorify God through the gift that he's given me. So when it came to the league, actually draft day, I, you know, most people sitting by the phone cause and that's never been me. I had my phone. Did I have a phone? I don't know if I even had a phone back then. So I said, it's not like house. it was today. I, I, yeah. yeah, everybody didn't have, we didn't all have cell phones. I think I got my first cell phone in 2002 when I actually got to the Dallas Cowboys. I got my first phone. So I didn't have a cell phone. I wasn't sitting around the house either. You know, if they wanted me, they could contact my agent. They can get a hold of him. So I wasn't even concerned about it. Mm. I was trusting God that wherever I go, whatever happens, if I made it in, if I didn't make it in, I was it was going to be his will. So, um to get the call from the Dallas Cowboys, my agent called me up, let me know they were reaching out. Um, was pretty interesting. So I was like, you know what, guy, wherever this is gonna take me, that's where I'm gonna go. And another fun fact, I was almost Mr. Irrelevant, um, mm. which they called the last pick of the draft because the Houston Texans actually reached out to me, well, reached out to my agent, and they were considering drafting me the last pick in the draft, but they didn't pull a trigger, which opened the door for Dallas to call me up, and you know, the rest is history. That's awesome. That's cool. I like that. You know, my have times have changed, right? I think it's kind of freeing to hear your story of, you know, you didn't have that instant connection via cell phone. So it's almost like more freedom just to relax and enjoy, you know, whatever is happening at the moment and not tied to the phone waiting on somebody to text you or, or call. And I know you bounced around, you know, a, a, a I, little I, bit. I was going to say something real quick yeah. about that because I'm, I'm the same way. To this day, I still believe the cell phone is personal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been trying to get a house phone for the longest, but my wife is like, you know, we don't need it, so we haven't gotten it. But should I come home from work or whatever? I put the phone down on the desk. My phone is never, my ringer is never on my phone, so it's sitting down on the desk. I'm in um, on the couch or in another room. My phone don't ring like that. I'm not, I'm not constantly on my phone, so yeah, I detach from the phone all the time. That's awesome. I think. I think. Uh... That's a that's a lesson for everybody right there. Is it's, it may sound simple setting the phone down, but it's really allowing you to be present in the moment, whether it's with your family or um, or whatever whatever you're doing. I think that's a that's a valuable lesson. I think many of us probably probably need to hear. So um, you know, bounced around the league a little bit, played some arena football, and you know, what point did you? I mean, was there a point or an event that you know you just knew that okay? Football is over. Came to a point, you know, having a discussion with my agent when no one else was calling. Mm. Um, it kind of made itself clear that football was done. 
and let's go, let's go on with quote unquote the real world. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll tell you that I actually did. I got a call from um a league. I think it was in Israel or I think it was Israel or somewhere. I mean, it was somewhere overseas, and I, they wanted me to come out there and play. And I was like, mm, I thought about it, and I said, you know what? No. It's time. I'm a family man now, so we're gonna. It's 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 life after football. That's the that's the mode I'm in. So that's that's what happened. The phone stopped ringing. There was no opportunity, so it kind of made itself clear on its own. Yeah, and you know, so what? Just from a professional life standpoint, what, what you know, just kind of give us a an idea of what you're doing now. And then I know you do a lot of other things outside of your your professional work, but you know, what is what does the real world look like for you? Yeah, so the real world is fast-paced and slow-paced at the same time. You know, when I tell people a lot of stuff that I'm doing, they're like, how do you, how do you fit it all in? And I fit it all in because, I, you know, it's just a thing called prioritizing and putting stuff in front because I've always, you know, God's first, then family, then me, then everything, you know, everything after that. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm in sales. I've been in sales for about 13 years now. Hmm. Pharma sales is what I do. I, I, I promote medication. So that's that's been an eye-opener and a stretch for me, being I have no medical background, but I'm going in here talking to these brilliant doctors on why they, uh, why this particular drug can help them out in their practice with their patients. So that's my job, but I also started my own uh, business a few years ago, Dance for LLC. And that houses my speaking business, which is Wooden Pieces, where I go and speak to youth groups, speak to companies. You know, the main theme behind my thing is choice, letting people know that they have a choice no matter what's happening. And then just, you know, encouraging, because my whole goal is to help people realize the greatness that they have, unlock that greatness, and then walk in it for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the speaking and wooden pieces just is pieces of me that I'm sharing with others to allow them to um, walk in their greatness. So that's one part of my business. The other part, I got a Christian T-shirt line where I, I have Christian T-shirts that you can go online and you can order those. And I, I like to call them the talking tees because each shirt has a message of its own. and It's unique. Not only does it speak to you. The words and the message on that T speaks for you. So um, I love that. But, you know, one another thing that I've gotten into, too, here recently, I have, it's called DR Squared. I have a mentoring program. I started it last year in the middle school here locally, and I just expanded in the, into the high school. So I'm in the middle school and the high school. DR Squared stands for Discipline, Respect, and Responsibility. Hmm. And it's my... But my thing is when when a when a kid embraces discipline, they begin to have respect for themselves and others. When they have respect for themselves and others, they're ready to take on responsibility. And once they take on responsibility, they're ready to start that journey and their destiny. So that's the R squared. And then most recently, I started training QBs. And this is an interesting story. It was a I was working the Dabo Sweeney camp, and a gentleman came up to me and he said. Hey, I sent you a message on Instagram. I want you to train my son. So, okay, I, I went and looked at it. And then he had, we actually bumped into each other later on in the cafeteria. And he said, man, listen to me. He said, why are you running from your calling? And I'm wide out right at this moment. And he, uh, he, said, he said, I'm sitting here, I'm watching you coach. And I'm seeing the, 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 
the passion, the teaching, the love you're showing these kids and the results that you're getting. He said, man, that's a, that's a gift from God and you don't need to be running from that. And from then on, I picked up his son and now, now I've got, I've got a few more clients now. I just picked up another one the other day. So that's taken off as well. So, and with that, you know, I got meaning behind everything. So I got this, this quote from my high school coach. He says, if you can learn the fundamentals of your position, you can play in any system. So my goal is to teach kids the fundamentals of quarterbacking so that they can be successful in the game of football, but also in the game of life. If you learn the fundamentals to life, you'll succeed in any area that you enter in. That's a lot. I know. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of things there. I'm like, wow. But it's also just shows that, you know, as I'm sitting here, and I, I was writing down the DR squared. I love that. Um, but thinking about the mentoring, I mean, <laughs> what an incredible need we have of that, number one, right now in our schools. Mm-hmm. But also just an opportunity of, although you know may not be outwardly sharing Jesus in the schools through that, but what an incredible opportunity just to pour into young men, love on them, give them a safe place, but it is also opportunity will be there for them to see Jesus through you. And then, you know, you're the speaking and then obviously the t-shirts I've, I saw some of those already. And yeah, I love those because it, like you said, talking tees is perfect. I never thought of it like that, but it's a, it's a conversation starter. Yeah. So that's, and, that's um, awesome. One of the things about the mentoring program that I love is the fact that, you know, I graduated Clemson in 2001 so these kids know absolutely nothing about my athletic career where most people know me. So it really shows how God can shine that light mm-hmm. and attract young people to you and use you, you know, to really pour into these kids. Because one of my big proponents is that was taught to me is it's up to the current generation to set the next generation up to go further. Mm-hmm. And when we see a lot of mess that's happening with our young people is because our, the current generation has failed them. We talk about mm-hmm. what they do. We call them out. We, we scold them, but we never get down in the trenches to figure out why they're doing what they're doing and offering ways to, um, you know, show them a, a different path. So that's right. what got me in the tour. Yeah. We're not, we're not showing them how to be, people of character i think i think a lot of it to me the root of it is you know we've we've changed how we identify people it's based off the success whether it's class academic whether it's athletic whatever it is we've we've defined a person's value based off of off of that and how messed up is that right so anyway that's a whole other conversation that's, that is a whole, we can get, <laughs> we can get down into it, man, because golly, yeah. I mean, they, they need us, man. Yeah. You, got, you think do. about some of these situations, cause, because I think about it, there's someone, someone reached out to me. I had mentor, I had people show me the way, like, you know, my dad was always in my life, so that was crucial, but also, you know, my high school coach, Tommy Brown, you know, to be able to lean on him and some of the lessons he taught me, you know, that was lasting with me. And that's what these kids, they don't have that positive role model. A lot of these male role models are, are non-existent in their lives. So yeah. not to say I'm the best example. I mean, I, I do my best, but the light that God shines through me is the example that these kids need. They see 
and they gravitate to and they learn from. Yeah, I was talking to a group of teenagers at a high school this morning in a little FCA group, a small group of them, and we were talking about, um, I was given the analogy of, you know, if you go fishing at night, you have a bright light shining fish are attracted to light. And I'm just, you know, trying to drive home that people, their peers are attracted to light. So if they're being a light, it doesn't mean you're walking down the hall with the Bible and thumping people. It's just loving people well. Mm-hmm. People are attracted to light. Yes. Because people want to feel valued at, at the end of the day. That's what it's about. And so anyway, again, that's a whole nother conversation. I love it. <laughs> I like that. And, you know, and you know, even the quarterback training, that's another platform that God has given you to, you know, to be a light to a young man or even young man's parents. And, um, yeah. and, you know, and help them not just grow in the game of football, but also as a young person. So I think, I think definitely God is, God's using, using you. So um, let me ask you this, someone who found Jesus in college, um, I think you'll understand, you know, the, the challenge I think some, some student athletes may have, or even coaches, because a lot of listeners are coaches and student athletes. So what would you say to that coach or student athlete that maybe, maybe they are following Christ, but struggling with um, being bold with it and, and using the platform that they've been given, how would you encourage them to, to be more bold in their faith because they have an incredible platform? Two things. I just heard this the other day. They have to know what they believe. But not what they will not only just what they believe, but they gotta know and understand why they believe it. Mm. When you get to that point of why, and that's what happens. We so many times, especially even as adults, but as kids, we want to tell these kids what to do, when to do it, but we never tell and explain to them why. So mm. now when you give them the why, you empower them to understand. And once they understand, then they have a better re- reason or rationale to accept it or reject it. Because again, that's still their preference. I mean, they got the choice. God gave us the choice to accept or reject. But when you give kids understanding, most of the time, 90 plus percent of the time, they'll make the right choice because now they understand. And mm-hmm. for a kid who who is um, walking with Christ, they didn't know what they believe and why they believe it. And, and I like to call the why. That's that motivation. That'll keep them strong because you think about it. Um, even with, Asking why they follow a certain person on social media. Are you asking why they like this particular artist and they listen to their song and they'll tell people about these artists and these songs. Oh, such and such just dropped a new album. It's coming out on, you know, all this about this. Why do you like, oh, because I like their, their songs and their music speaks to me. And if you can take that same energy and put it towards Jesus, you'll have, and you can get that same passion from that. Why do you follow Christ? Because this, this, isn't it. So that's what it is. You got to know what you believe and know why you believe it. But then the other part of it is too, is to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that are like you. So you're not being pulled in other directions or your light is being dim because it's being covered by the things of the world. That's good. I like that. And a lot of it is, like you said, knowing what you believe and why, but also it's surrounding yourself with the right people, like-minded people. Yes. Is, is key. That's good. So this is a question I, I, I love to ask because I, I love to go back and I write these down. It's just always fun to go back. So is there, I mean, some people have a fa- like a life verse or a, a favorite verse. I was going to ask, do you have 
just that one scripture that's like a foundational verse for your life? Or is there one that, you know, just recently God has shown you and um, that you'd share with us? Well, <laughs> I got a few that have recently shared with me, but the one that I kind of live my life through is Colossians 3.23. And everything you do, do as unto the Lord. That puts so much into perspective because even if I'm being mistreated by someone, I know that I'm treating this person like he's a child of God. And Jesus told me to love my enemies and to show compassion to those. And so because I'm not going to fire off or act outside of my character because someone offended me. I'm going to show mm-hmm. the love of Christ because everything I do, I'm doing as done to him. I heard um, I was listening to Paul Washer earlier today. And he said, when was the last time you took a moment when you're drinking a glass of water to be like, man, this glass of water came from God. And when you Ooh. get gifts from God, we need to return those things in Thanksgiving and being grateful. It's even the mundane thing. So that when you talk about doing everything as unto God, that means everything. So it really puts stuff into perspective. How do I walk? How do I carry myself? How do I study? You know, how do I drive? How do I treat people how do i everything i do i do as unto god and that really puts some checks and balances and then you go back over you go back through that inventory you be like man god i'm sorry i failed you today oh i failed you just now oh i failed you again i failed you again but thank god yes for your son who gives us access to forgiveness oh that's good that's really good especially when you think about something as simple as a glass of water because we're real quick to thank god for a new job car, maybe some new shoe, whatever, you know, something big. We always give God glory for those things, but you're right. Just the, mm-hmm. if we do the everyday things, that's, that's huge. That's a, that's a good reminder. Um, and I, and I love that verse, um, both Colossians three seventeen and three twenty three. you know, whatever you do, you know, do it unto the Lord. I, that's just, it's so important and it's something that we know, but, you know, maybe not always, always the best at, at doing the the everyday things. And when you said driving, I'm like, yeah, you know, you get rush hour traffic, you know, I need that reminder. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, yes. and that's what, that's what I tell my, my kids. Uh, my oldest is freshman in college and got two sophomores and my oldest would write um, a couple Bible verses on his cleats in football. And I said, that's great if you're going to do that, but just know two things. Number one Somebody's going to ask you what it is. You need to be able to, to say it and why you put it there and what it means. And, you know, people mm-hmm. can make fun of you, but you're identifying yourself publicly when you do that. So just just be ready. And I know, you know, driving down the road, you see people with, uh, you know, a cross or some Christian symbol on their car, but yet they're, and I'm probably guilty of this too at times, but, you know, it's just not not treating people very well on the road. And so I just tell people, I mean, it's, it is, it's, it's everything you do. It's not just when I'm at church or whenever I'm around my church friends, I act a certain way. No, it's literally, like you said, it's uh, whether I'm drinking a glass of water or driving to work or sharing the gospel. It's, it's everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's good stuff. So the last question, so two words, it's all over sports. And I know, Dabo and Clemson, you know, they had it on chin straps and what they still do, but they did all in. Um, and so it's all over sports. You know, you just talked a little bit about it, you know, Colossians 323. But 
I like to close it out with um, asking, what does it look like on a practical sense, on a daily basis, for you to be all in in your walk with Christ? Because I know for everybody, it, it looks different. Um, so what does it look like for you on an everyday basis? So many times we operate in our subconscious, our autopilot. If we are just taking a moment to be mindful of it and be intentional about it, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. And it's really that simple. It's just a matter of just taking a moment to pause or when I get up in the morning or as I'm going, I'm just mindful of it. So I always like to use the, um, you talking about all in. I love um, John 3.16, the most famous scripture in the Bible. Everybody knows, and so God so loved the world that he gave his own. And they'll read it, they'll recite it, they'll quote it, they'll talk about it, they'll bring it up. However, you know, there's a word in there that I like to point out that many people look over. It's that he loved us so much that he gave. And when mm. they gave his son, essentially he wrapped himself in flesh and he became human. 100% of Jesus died on the cross. That's how much he loved. He gave his entire self. So when we say we love God, it should reflect the love that he gave for us by giving 100%. I know people, you got the things, give me 110%, 120%, but all God wants is what we have. Mm-hmm. Whatever else we need to fulfill his purpose, he'll give it to you. Think about Moses. He talked to Moses. Moses, what do you have? I have this stick. He said, okay, I will use that stick to um, overthrow um, the Pharaoh. So all God asks us to do is give us what he, what he, um, what we have. If he, if we need anything else, he'll provide it and make it a part of. Because he talked about, uh, we were talking about this early on the call. You know, God doesn't call it qualified; he qualifies the call. So when mm-hmm. he calls you, you may not be qualified, but by the time you get ready to walk into your destiny, you'll be qualified for what he called you for because he'll give you what you need. But all he asks you to do is bring what you have to the table, and just being intentional about that. You know, that's practical, being thoughtful about it, have it on your mind, you know, so that that's how you do it. Being available, right? Yes. You know, because a lot of times we do, like you said, we, we wait till we feel ready or qualified before we we take that that step. And if we wait till we're fully qualified, then we'll never do anything. Mm hmm. So, Martin Luther King said it best. He said, you don't have to see the whole staircase to take the first step. That's really you got to figure it out by now. I'm a quote guy. I love quotes. I, I am as well. Um, so I love the fact when you start sharing quotes, because I, I think I drive some people crazy because I'm a huge, huge fan <laughs> of quotes. And anytime I, I, whether it's through work or ministry, whatever, and I'm asked to share anything, it's, I usually close open and close with a quote. I just, I love, love quotes. That's, that's good. You're speaking my language. Well, I'm going to share you one. I'm going to share with you one more quote that just knocked me off my face. The other day when I heard it, a guy said it to me and it's a Marine. I can't remember his name at the moment, but he said, um, you never rise to the occasion. You fall to your level of, um, um, preparedness of preparation. So you never rise to the occasion. You fall to your level of preparation. And that punched me in my face so hard. I had to reassess a whole bunch of stuff. Wow. Yeah. I'm letting that one yeah, sink let in. Let that one sink in. <laughs> that yeah, one hurts. Yeah, that is. That's that's good. It's amazing how if you really go, I mean, some people roll their eyes when I start sharing quotes, right? But if you really 
if you look at it, it's just a way of wisdom being passed down, like you said, from one generation to another. If we would you yeah. know, embrace that more, then that one day there's going to be a kid that was in middle school in 2022, you know, in 10 years, he's going to be quoting, quoting you. You know, it's just it, it is a way that we pass along from one generation to another. It just seems like and most that, of the quotes that we quote are from, you know, two generations ago. But um, that just shows another need for us being involved. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, good, man. I, I appreciate your time and being willing to do this. I know people listening, encouraged. And um, I, I just love what you're doing. Um, your passion, number one, for Christ and making him known, but just for pouring into schools and, and athletics and, and businesses, you know, when, when given the opportunity and just being available. So I, I really, really appreciate it. And, you know, I know people that um, listening or have been encouraged and we wish you nothing but the best as you continue to, to follow Christ and, and, and make him known wherever he has you um, on a football field in front of a large group or at a middle school mentoring, wherever that may be. Um, just hope, you know, we just pray that God continues to use you. Yes. I appreciate it. I appreciate you sharing your space with me, man. This has been awesome. That's so now you, we, <laughs> we got to do a part two. We got to do this again. This is, this is too good. Let's do it. Thank you again to Woody for taking time to to share his story and to really encourage me personally um, and hopefully encourage you just through his passion for Christ, his passion for others, and just also just embracing a simple approach to life. Um, and whether that's putting the phone down and just being present at home, it's thanking God for that glass of water or or pouring into others through mentoring or using whatever gifts and talents God has given you to pass on to the next generation. So thank you seriously to Woody for, for being that, that person um, to, to encourage me and hopefully encourage you. And thank you for listening. I hope and pray that it has been encouraging to you, and I ask you to share it with somebody. Um, I'd ask you, if you're not a subscriber, to subscribe to our podcast. As we close out 2022, we, we hope to to build on this and come out strong in 2023 with more episodes for you. Um, visit us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just type in All In Sports Outreach. It'll take you to our to our pages where you can interact with us. You can find out a little bit about who we are, what we do, why we do what we do. Um, also, our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. We'd love to hear from you. But most of all, we thank you for your support. We thank you for your prayers.